Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to the 4Light Podcast, a weekly show of gaming, gaming news, and all things entertainment related. I'm your host, Ethan, alongside my co-hosts. Hello, I'm David. I'm Aiden. And I'm Aiden. So today we have a really interesting episode. Um, we're going to be talking all things kind of the, the start of us talking about D&D. Um, it's a topic we've all kind of wanted to get into as our magic content has been kind of going up. And when we get back to school, you see more of that. Uh, we're kind of thinking like where other categories of games and just entertainment and stuff will go. So D and D was kind of the first thing I, I think me and Aiden and others look to. Um, I don't know why I said others, but there's, because it's whatever it's, we're moving past it. Um, but so uh start of the year i think actually what time did we start the alcora uprising do you guys know i think it was like it was around november i think it was yeah around november time because we had to take a break for um for christmas break or winter break oh okay yeah um so basically uh i mean actually who out of here do you think actually aiden definitely has the most like D D experience oh no maybe layton no, I've been playing, no, I've been playing I, since I, sophomore year of high school every Friday and Monday until I quit. Yeah, yeah. so, so Aiden. <laughs> yeah. So Aiden. But so we kind of all uh, as a group and we had two, three other players. Um, and I, we just all kind of talked about D&D, the excitement of playing D&D. Uh, we were in a like a magic funk. So we were kind of all like ready to just try something new. Um and I just brought it up, like, hey, like, I, I like DMing. I honestly, as, and this is a, a fact that um, a lot of people are surprised by, at least my friends when they talk to me about it, is I don't play, I think I played as a player once, uh, and that was Joey's campaign that we did at the start of the year. Um, and other than that, I've DM'd. I've only, I've DM'd twice, and I do, like, side things with a couple of my other friends. But I like running it because I like being able to, like, curve my friends' stories and, like, make it so that they go towards different directions. And I also like the the wildness of kind of your guys' choices. Yeah, um, so, uh, guys, the reason I like being DM is I like manipulating everyone. <laughs> I like being in control, and I'm I like a being a severe god, so, god complex. <laughs> yeah, I have no, a severe have god complex, and... um. <laughs> that's like okay True. okay but like that's an actual dig i've gotten before is that i have a severe god complex and it's no it's not okay it's just i like <laughs> writing stories no, Ethan, uh, Ethan, I'm, i i i absolutely love your fervor and your love of this game i will say you have to play as a player to understand the experience I'll of a DM. player to be a I'm, better dm i am actually planning that's on true. dming a campaign once we get back and um and we can all play absolutely but we have to do part sure. two of alcor and do you want to talk about oh alcor for a second yes okay all right so basically this all culminated this like want to play DD culminated into setting up a campaign i had been thinking about an idea um that i wanted to run this kind of like uprising-esque um campaign in which the party or the players that uh they were going to be kind of that they were going to be running we're going to be in charge of kind of figuring out this like mystery from this like depths of this really popular city anyways i basically start off this idea start making and one 
of the key things that I think was different about this campaign was just how in-depth I went into everybody's stories. Um, and this was like, I don't know what was different. I think, I mean, David t took part in my other campaign I did before, the only other homebrew campaign I had done. And it was really jank. It was the first time I'd ever DM'd. David could fucking tell that, it was bad. That also wasn't <laughs> fully your fault. That that True. wasn't fully your fault either, though, because uh, to describe the scenarios in which this was a part of our high school that we graduated from required senior projects. And for the senior project, Ethan wanted to do a D&D &D club for the local uh, K through eight um, school. So he went to the library and, you know, he set up people. Some some kids came and some people really loved it. However, one of these kids was the most hyperactive, you know, couldn't stay in their seat, bouncing up and down. Like, legitimately, imagine an electron as a person. Like, that... <laughs> he, he, he had the most incredible, undiagnosed ADHD I'd ever seen in a human being. Like, if you think, if you think any of us have, like, ADHD, we're all controlled. Like... <laughs> It was, it was honestly, like, I had a lot of fun with it, but I remember, like, leaving every night, and we would, like, go get pizza every night or something to just celebrate the three hours of, like, sometimes hell that it was to be just, like, constantly, like, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 it was, like, pulling him down and just, like, making sure that he was focused and stuff, and, and Aiden, then, Aiden also took part of that. And then you brought me in, and I became the... See, my method of keeping keeping the bounciness down was to just spew out as much D&D &D information as I possibly could into his eardrums, <laughs> and it kind of worked. Yeah, no, he would, yeah, like, this... just ask oh. Aiden questions all day, and then Aiden would I have know. to just be there to be like... <laughs> and you know, it's awesome. I love seeing kids very excited about what they like. It's just sometimes we are ill-equipped as you know 12th grade students to deal yeah. with a hyperactive child who is who may or may not be jumping into the ceiling if we don't entertain him well enough so and and honestly though like it was it was a big thing that i learned as a dm of things that i needed to change and things that i need to hyper focus on because one of the biggest things that i like I really, really love the story of that campaign, but the last, like, fucking four or five sessions were rushed to the point that I was basically, I was, basically, I was at a point in my high school career where I was like, I'm done, I'm good, I like college now, get me in college right now, and so, like, anything that had to do with getting work done was sped up consistently and so that kind of played a role into that storytelling and it really i don't know if it necessarily hurt the it probably did hurt the story i was telling but it also i i knew that going into the next thing that i would do i needed to make sure that i had a solid concrete thing that i was going off of and um, now you you definitely had that uh, it was a, a an incredible improvement but yeah. i i want to first off say should we like go around and like say our overall thoughts about you know part one of your campaign yes or or do we want to go through Ethan or do we want to go through like a retelling cry. of the story yeah i mean 
give us. I would say let's start with thoughts. I mean, okay, yeah, okay, (laughs) all right. Uh, Don't mind if I do, you know. Um, Keep it, but it under keep it under twenty minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep it under like two. I'll try. I'll try my best. Um, Basically, the the purpose or the the entire story of the of Alcor Uprising up to what they these guys know is there was. A mystery, like, all of these players came in from different areas of the land of Cupello, which is this land that I created. Um, multiple different characters had stories that took place outside of Cupello, and some had char- uh, had stories that took place directly inside or took place in the past and had correlations to the story. Uh, my biggest thing that I wanted to do was make heavy ties to the story and to these players, which kind of is a little bit of a negative sometimes when i thought about like oh what if i run this with my other friends it's like uh none of this is gonna make sense because this is all about this person and this is all about the but anyways um basically that that was really awesome i liked that a lot i think that was a really unique thing sorry sorry to jump in in the middle of it but like i really appreciate that parts parts right here (laughs) um (laughs) but basically the characters come together uh they receive a adventuring note from the king of Alcor saying hey i need you to go down and deal with this uprising that this this rumor has come like from the um what did i call it shit the depths no what's a th- what's a city that's underneath us under city oh my god <laughs> stick with me guys um basically a uh, rumor came from the Undercity saying something's different about this uprising. This this land has a long lineage of very powerful uprisings, like rebellions, liberations, all that. But this one is not like the last like two two years of uprising. This this one is different. The players come down, they deal with this uprising. Something's extremely different. Uh, the people of this uprising are using some type of magical like after death experience. And that's where the kind of story kicks off is them trying to figure out what this means, where the ties are coming from. And one of the big major story beats is they get to a specific location after receiving one of my favorite NPCs that I think I've ever created in my entire life, a flump named two. Oh my God. Um, two. And that was, that was such oh, a key yeah. moment for this campaign because it's, if you guys haven't played D and D before, um, Creating NPCs or non-playable characters is a really big thing for a DM, but one of the most important things about those NPCs is finding a connection between the players and having those players really grab onto that character because that means that, one, it's really more devastating if they if something happens to them, uh, and two, it just gives so many more moments throughout the campaign, positive moments, negative moments, whatever. Um, but so I create also, this character. I, I want to add something really quick. Yeah. If you ever kill two, I think there would be an uprising that you can't handle. So <laughs> don't kill two. We will. Fl- uh, that's we all will I'm collectively saying. flip the table on top of you. <laughs> no, it, has, it's not even Justin that. Has... It's like everything you love would go away. Like <laughs> <laughs> it would. Justin has so be many gone. times been like, "Yo, if you li- if you kill this," because uh, a tiny bit of background: that two is tied closely to. Uh, one of my players, Justin, 
uh, he's his character is very heavily like emotionally related to this character because he basically asked me, this is the whole moment that they got to was, hey, can I put two in my lantern? And I looked up because I thought it was a large creature. So I was like, no, you can't do that. And I looked it up and he's a small apparition. So he could fit in a lantern. And so homebrewing a little bit, they're probably a little bit bigger than a lantern, but eh, whatever. Um, throw him in there and the story kind of took off later down the line with two. But one of the key things, and I might ask you guys what you think about this moment, um, is you got into the, we got into the first boss room and a big thing that I learned later down the line, which I think before kind of explaining the entire story, I want to start with like bosses in general, because that was a key thing that we talked about later down the line of a boss that didn't really go so well. Um, was this boss that had a very, very interesting weapon. And at the moment at the table, uh, basically this this character comes in, they walk in, in this room and they see this like dilapidated um, robot sitting like kind of chained up against the wall. This, char- this robot was actually Aiden's character. Um, and in from kind of the columns of this back room, a portal opens and this boss uh, comes in. And I, I think his name was like, Zel- I called him Zelcat. Um, and he had this long, very, very heavy ornamental uh, hammer. Or was it a great axe? Might have been I don't know. It was a, it was a weapon. It was, it was a hammer, I think. But... Yeah. It was, but it had very, very heavy ties to David's character. And... So this was like that kind of big moment where David was texting me. And that was a really thing, a really cool thing that I liked where like you guys were texting me being like, Hey, what about this? What about, Holy shit. Is this, this, Oh my God, is this, this? And I had to like keep the information down a little bit, but what did you guys think about? Sorry. Sorry. uh, David. I was just going to say that was a destructive moment. That was something you really did really (laughs) well is like, Especially, it was really neat to see right at the beginning of the campaign that, you know, I had written this backstory that I was like, oh, this is well fleshed out. This is neat. And you said, yeah, that's really cool. That's not where it ends. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And that was, uh, I mean, maybe we start there then, because I know Layton has different things to, uh, to Aiden has different things to David. But what did you guys think about how we handled characters this time around from your experiences with uh, building characters beforehand versus like maybe making characters with another um, person as a DM. Like, what did you guys think? I'll start with Layton. Well, so um, I, as like a little background for myself, I've played um, quite a fair amount of D and D between uh, like my start with D and D with my uncle and then introducing that to my uh, like friend group and then playing through playing that uh, throughout high school and stuff. But um, I've always, I've always, I've mostly been a player. There was one time I DM'd and that was like how I introduced people. And that's a different story. But um, <laughs> as far as my history for like building characters is I have a hard time. Um, I, I, I I don't know. I have a hard time doing other play styles. So when I find when I have the play style that I know that I like to do, which is I like to be in the action. I don't like to be like in the back hurling spells from afar. I like to be there attacking. And um I like as a like role play aspect, but um Yeah. 
I, I just, uh, so I have a hard time making characters that are different from that mold. And I did it one time. I did, I, I made a character one time that like was the best character ever made. It was not this character. The character I made for this campaign <laughs> was um, kind of stereotypical, like uh, paladin-esque, uh, um, but like the way we went about building this character is I, I i didn't i i didn't know how to fit into it and um with a dnd characters generally what you want is uh you make a character and then the character kind of fills them fills themselves out like yeah you kind of like fall into how you should play the character it's it's let's say okay this is how i want it this is how it's going to be it's more of a kind of you flow into it and then you kind of like it. You act it. Yeah, it and takes I think... off. You create the ground steps, and then you can let. And yeah. It allows you to take off from there. I yeah, also and... like. I do feel that it was a little bit of my. I mean, there was multiple other correlations. I think to Lane's character that I kind of uh, screwed the pooch on, sort of, um, which was like there was multiple like kind of background settings. Of we 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 started with i would go through every single character and i'd be like hey this is this is where this fits what do you think about this what do you think about this and layton just was really unsure and that's not a fault to himself it's no, just it he wasn't, wasn't sure I, where he wanted to take it i um, didn't know where i wanted to take that character and like i i made him and it, i found it really difficult to like in this case i don't know what it was this time i could have just been like I could have just made the wrong style of character, and I think I think uh, like at the moment. I also did think right. of this just a sec. Um, I had a very niche way of how I was telling people stories. Is it Layton noticed it, and I think Justin noticed it, and maybe Joey noticed. And no, Joey definitely noticed it. I was basically going this. Uh, we're starting with this story, and then we're going moving into this character story, then we're moving into this yeah. character, and then and then some of them would kind of intertwine a little bit. Aiden and um, Layton were the two characters that were like kind of disconnected off to the side here, just because yeah, they didn't was... have very heavy ties to the location that I was doing. Yeah, um, it was difficult because um, one, I didn't know where I wanted to take the character, and two, uh, two, the character I had made was totally separate from the location. Like I was, my character was from a different country, like a totally different land, like coming in on like uh, a letter from an ambassador to the King. And he was like, I, Hey, I've heard your skills are really good. Uh, we need your help. And um, mm -hmm. it's kind of like that. And you know, I was totally disconnected, no ties, no nothing. And um, I think that was like the second reason why that my character kind of flopped. And the third reason would be because, um, uh crap i just had it in my head uh the story like, i didn't know where did. I, yeah no it, it was because um the way you went about it while i i like that way i i like the way you went about doing characters where you did like okay this one story now this one story now this one story mm -hmm. we're gonna like rotate out and stuff i like that way that that worked but um because i already didn't know where i was going with the character and because i had no ties i was kind yeah. of like this empty husk just with the party and i couldn't fit into it like i couldn't flow into that story and um that's partially just because i didn't know where i wanted to take the character and because of like it wasn't my 
turn on the story, and that's like no fault of yours, Ethan. That's just how we were running it. Um, but well, I do. I like from from all that I learned, and that's a big thing that I want to kind of go through this episode is talking about just things that we learned. And as we, I'll go through the next two. Just don't don't worry. I'm not like skipping a topic here. Um, it's just like there are certain things that I learned off certain characters. There's certain thing I learned off certain moments, and one of the biggest things was like um one npcs are super important and that that was like two like two was incredible it it fleshed out it took um justin's character who similar to layton was pushed off to the side in in the sense of location of where he came from he was from a different land and so anything that was happening in what is it? it like also like order like order of story like he was also yeah. like further back in like the line of like who would be going first and stuff because it was really right. it was really going to be like david's character um uh joey's character aiden's then justin's or mine or and it was kind of like blurry there but like he was further back in that uh because of that right but uh, and having two having two just is awesome 100 percent. and i i was that was like a Boom, light bulb. Okay, I'm going to flesh this out. And I made an entirely different storyline on the side specifically for those two characters and the party and how they're going to correlate to that story. And that was something that I was like, okay, holy shit, I can take this. And so as we introduced a newer character, James, um, he Tum-tum. he had a similar thing. James where yeah, character was Tum Tum. Uh, yeah, James's character was a character named Tum Tum, a gnome, and he he had the most unfleshed out story because it was literally like James came to our sessions as we started and sat down and just watched and realized, hey, I actually would really like trying D and D. Ethan, what do you like me to play? And in the the week in between our sessions, I had to make a fully fleshed out story for this random gnome. This Sorry, this random shirtless gnome that came out of nowhere, and he was like this drunkard, and I was like, what do I do with this? Like, the the players themselves were already in this, like, completely separate area from the starting thing, so I couldn't use anything to tie them. But what I learned, and again, the thing of NPCs, is that, I mean, and also that's kind of ups of James himself as a player, but he grabbed onto things right as I threw it at them. Uh, at him yeah like i would throw a character at him and yeah and he would immediately be like okay i want to talk to this person okay i want to talk to this person okay there's this huge story thing i'm this random dude that has no idea what's going on but i'm gonna still start questioning this guy and like intimidating him because i think i have some interest here and like that's a really important thing that if you're dming you want to look out for you want to look out for those moments in which you can throw your character something and they can latch onto it um what yeah, do you? James was an excellent, excellent D and D player. Like he came into it perfect. Aiden, what do you think about your character? And we'll actually we'll go back to Layton afterwards and uh, share his overall thoughts. I think we'll mix these in too. I had a lot of the same problems as Layton. Like I liked my character idea and I liked how he fit in the world, but I just couldn't get into him, so to speak. It's it is a really fucking unfortunate area that are like the 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 people that we have on the podcast right now are two of the players that didn't have the the very big character story like ties yeah. just because like and that's the thing is I have everything set up for uh Layton and I have everything set up for Aiden 
but they are so far in like the areas that they're going to be coming down because it it needs to be a certain like story through but it's really difficult to do that but anyways Evan, what we were saying yeah but like i i couldn't flow into it because i had nothing to really grasp onto because yeah. like i in this is a little bit dipping into the second topic but um i can just say it now because it's not that bad but there are, in dming especially with like homebrew stuff um, there are three things that you want to give your players that they can latch on to. Either they need to be emotionally invested in the world around them, their own character, or each other. Mm-hmm. And if they can't get at least one of those, then it's, I won't say like doomed to fail or anything, but it's not going to be as enjoyable because they don't have anything to like do and get emotionally invested into. 100%. Because the high, the more emotionally invested you get into playing your character or interacting with others or enjoying the world itself, the better roleplay that's going to happen and the better encounters and the better, like, speech, like, I don't know, like, stoic speeches and stuff because everyone likes that. But it's like, those are the things I noticed. Yeah, no, I. I, I noticed you particularly because I mean uh, one there was there was a conflict of just timing uh, for Aiden on specific days um, and so he would miss certain sessions but one of the key things is that when he was there because of his also your character your character was this like I'm a shelter like I'm not actively trying to talk to people because of who I am um, and what we t- kind of talked about, we had to, like, I kind of sat you down and was like, yo, like, what do you think I can do to make it so that you're talking to more people or we can have more interaction with you? Um, and that was, like, more interactions with, like, random characters. Like, I'd throw, like, a little kid that would come up and be like, holy shit, oh my god, you're, like, you're a crazy robot, oh my god, and, like, this was this and crazy it was moment. it was crazy. Aiden just, like, snapped all of a sudden and he killed him. <laughs> it was weird. I, like, it was just totally out he of just character. Lit on he just like, he just he just grabbed the kid and Oh yeah, I probably I probably should it. explain what my character was so this makes a little more sense. My character was I'm a joking, warforged. By the way. Yes, he's he is joking. But um my <laughs> character was a warforged, so basically like a robot, but it can be it's like more like a golem. Um that was powered by uh like flames and steam and had a lot it was basically like almost steampunk style. Um, like design, and so I had a. I was a uh, domain of light cleric, so I had a lot of abilities pertaining to fire and burning things. So it was based, and like my body, which had a flaming core to it, was constantly hot to the touch. So I was trying to roll into a character of like that was not used to any sort of attention. Or like, mm-hmm. um, or like, especially like friendly affection, like, um, like that that kid would like came up and like like touched my side and got burned and like that was that's was I was going to roll into that uh, way more or like lean into that way more of like, um, not being used to friendly affection like that because of his ailment of constantly be basically being hot to the touch so he can't feel or touch things he can't 
like yeah. en- enjoy the field of flowers because if he touches one it's going to probably set on fire and maybe burn the rest of them like that that, that, that was mentality you go in okay i was gonna say i just think i think it was difficult like maybe for you aiden i in the sense that uh, like of trying to like build your character and build off of that especially with our um but the number of people we had playing in our campaign, because there were a lot of people, there was it was a it was a larger group for a D and D session. But, what was it um, like yeah, seven, was, six? What? There were six of us. Seven. That's a lot. That's a oh, lot six, of six, 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 seven. Yeah, that's a lot of people for a D and D campaign, and to try to go into every person's uh, backstory is hard. And I think it's extra difficult um, for the way you were trying to go with that character. Not that it's your fault, because I I do think it's an interesting concept. I think. Um, it was difficult because that kind of um, story, that kind of development, and that kind of character development is a slow thing. It's not a quick-paced, fast thing. Um, that's a slow mm-hmm. kind of development. It requires a lot like, of time and a lot of interaction, and with enough players, there's not enough interaction happening directly to Individually. So. Yeah, there's not a lot of there, there's not a lot of individual interaction, and I think um, that's something we should keep in mind for like next time we is like just number of people playing because as yeah. as much as we want to have as many people as possible playing with us because it's fun at some point it gets too much like there's too many six there's the like a good it becomes it becomes the basic D of fight uh move on fight move on instead of building out certain things because you're unable yeah. to do so because there's so many people four five like four is the sweet spot that's where you want to be because you can focus on each and every person pretty easily and still keep track of it all. Six is like the upper limit of, okay, we're pushing it right now. Seven, yeah. Yeah, and I, seven I, and... is the absolute limit. And that is like for incredibly experienced DMs who are like on top of every little thing yeah. happening. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think that um, like you're, you're kind of the character you were playing well, interesting and could have been cool. I th- I just think that um, the the way like the story you wanted to go with there was just slow. I think I think that's something I'll work was, on as well yeah. when we get back to. Yeah, it's not. I think like something something worth discussing as well is why you build your characters and how you build your characters. Um, because oh, yeah. this is something that's very important for me. It's just like Aiden is known for making very good and powerful characters mm-hmm. but he doesn't often dip into more of maybe the the flavorful stuff and uh but like and, and then for example like in a campaign with you know we're not necessarily newbies but we we were kind of going more for fun rather than and then you get Joey who is creating you know a ridiculously powerful yeah. Artificial. Yeah. Oh my I'm, God. Not, I'm not a power now, gamer. It looks like you are. Getting lagging out. Just a little bit. Yeah. You. You're, you're back all, now. You're back now. All of you were lagging just oh, a little bit. Oh, it was not. But it's okay. Um. Uh, something about artificers is they are very difficult for the DM more than the player. Joey was playing an artificer yes. character. A, a creation character. That is to say about that too. Yeah. Like. It's, okay. It, I will let Aiden go. Okay. <laughs> I think things are happening at the uh, the Brown household, but um, 
uh like artificers are really hard for dms um especially if you're a much looser dm because they have the most which i basically they they have the most i was the i was the pushover dm basically yeah no i am too it's okay um they have the most freedom of any D class (laughs) no but artificers are the most like are the weirdest when it comes to like a loosey-goosey like for fun campaign because they are so stupidly good at making shit like even like within raw if you followed rules as written which i'm gonna refer to that as raw from now on because that's what i always do um but if you go from raw you can only make a specific list of magic items yada 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 you can only have like certain spells and make certain things to buff your team it's a good class it's a it's a it's a good support support like hybrid class where it can do dps and it can do support at the same time and it's okay and pretty good at both of those but if you throw that into a flavor text heavy campaign you can do some stupid shit with it and a pushover dm (laughs) yeah um like myself and ethan um yeah just a little bit of context for where we're going i'm gonna actually text i did trith right now and tell him to join the stream because he he needs to hear me recount the story also i'm gonna keep it so real the amount of conversations i had with trith about about the bullshit that was going on with artificers i was i (laughs) i was fuming it was because I I am a I am a big proponent of everything in the world should be earned, um, magic wise. So like if if he has like a bag of holding or whatever, how did he get the money to buy that? How did he get the materials? Where did he get the materials? What did he do with that? Like yeah. I'm a very big proponent of all of that stuff. And then stuff like uh he made like a flamethrower i'm like how did he have access to a forge hot enough to heat materials that won't burn up as a flamethrower i'm like (laughs) yeah no and just a little bit of like full-on context of where like i loved joey's character and i love his story but where we went is that he went from a regular nobleman to the mix of aaron yeager and boba fett all in one um, yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. he basically Joey's was, was this. No, go ahead. What does it say? Well, I was gonna say, um, he he was his character was an amazing, like the the story was very rich, but at the same time he was way overpowered, way too like yeah. holy man was and literally that... he grappled on. For for like example, one of our things was we were fighting a boss in an underground arena, um, where there were two like big stone pillars in the middle of it, so you could kind of like you know get out of the way in case the boss was like hurling like um I think that was the Zelcat fight. It was the Zelcat fight. Yeah, it was the Zelcat fight. Joey literally okay, so I grapple up into one of the stone pillars, swing myself around, and as I'm swinging, spear him through the heart. Because I had just shocked him, and um, as uh, 
like one of my things was uh chromatic orb and i was using Leon lightning had shock yeah I, I i had just shocked him as my character because I, I was using chromatic orb and it's a lightning thing uh because that's how i chose it to be and he was wearing metal armor, so he was, like, frozen. And Joey's like, okay, I grapple onto the pillar, I swing around Aaron Yeager-style. Like I, sh- I swear he, to God, he shot a crossbow. Yeah, he, he shot he shot uh, guiding bolts. Or, no, he shot... He did guiding bolt, uh, which did, like, a little bit of damage. And then he told me, in the exact same location, I would like to spear him in the stomach. And I was like... And this is a funny thing as well, because he made his character almost fucking invincible to acrobatics checks, very similar to how Justin's character was, quote-unquote, invincible to stealth checks. He was getting, at minimum, a 12 every single time. Well, or that's in, just rogues. in That's Right, but in... in um, What's it called? Uh, Joey's case, he was getting plus like 8 or 9, I think, or maybe 7, but I, I can't remember. But it was it was a point where I was like, okay, can you make an acrobatics check to do the first thing, and then make an acrobatics check to do the second thing, and then make an act, and then at a certain point, I just stopped asking him because he literally would go, so that's um, that's a thirty, um, oh, so that's a, yep, that's a twenty nine, oh, yep, no, that's a twenty. I was just okay, was okay, just, you know what, you can it do it. You can, we can rely it was, on him. <laughs> it was too much power. It was a little unbalanced. Um, wow, cool to like hear the story play out. It was like. Okay. Well, actually, I, I, if we want to talk about, uh, yeah, <laughs> I have I have another story about an artificer in a pushover DM campaign, uh, aka yeah. myself. Um, hello, Trith. Uh, you're in the chat right now because I texted you. This is about you, you bitch. <laughs> um, I basically dropped Trith, who has the mind of a crackpot engineer, um, into a world. Filled to the brim with nothing but metal scrap. For the record, and old machine parts. For the record, for a little context about the kind of person Trith is, um, I talked to him at length about what a D and D soul is and how to use it and become. My boy a lich. has like, my boy has the biggest fucking brain I think I've ever seen in my entire. Like, I will ask him something, and it's like he just like opened up. 14 different encyclopedias and was like, hmm, there. <laughs> Grabs the it and then just... Page. Yeah, it's like, it is fucking crazy. And also, it's funny to, like, watch that as well, where you're sitting down and me, I'm watching Leighton and him talk, and Leighton would be like, well, so then, what about this question? I'd be like, no way he has an answer. And he... Boom! Right there. No, Answer. No and he's got the extent. Layton, him and Layton were all like, "Dude, we gotta go get food." I'm like, "We're starving." Like Ethan's playing Xbox, and they're just talking about souls. It's like eight o'clock at night. Dining hall closes at nine. It's like, "All right, dudes, can we go get some food?" It's like, "Okay, okay, one sec, just one last thing." Like 45 minutes later, dudes, we gotta go get food right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was, it was it was ridiculous. They talked for it for like three hours straight and did not stop and it's incredible to listen to it because it all makes sense well D sense D sense because there it's not like actual real life stuff but um it like i basically dropped his crackpot brain into a fucking world filled with nothing but materials for him to cause mischief <laughs> i like it, it, bad move 
you don't even understand the amount of metal. It was in a, it was like a post-apocalyptic sort of world, um, that was basically at the point where they'd use like metal sheeting to build shelters, and a lot of those shelters were abandoned or decrepit or broken, and all of the machines used for like in factories out on where they were was like discontinued so that you could basically just go in and take like gears and different machine parts and he he Bro, that's if i hadn't crazy. if i hadn't been like please stop like i'm begging you as your friend please stop <laughs> like in a, in <laughs> yeah. a nice way like i i I, but... I still loved the character but goddamn i literally had to say Bro, please just just give me one break because if I had let him go, he could have made just about anything. He could have built himself a full Neon Genesis Evangelion mech, and like been it would have been completely justified. I'm sure. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's in... but anyway. So the ar- the artificer is a is kind of a broken class for pushover DMs, but um. So that was Joey's character, uh, David. I know you. Uh, what did you think about your character and stuff? Oh, yeah. and overall fun. Because we kind of we kind of got off a little we got a little sidetracked there. Mm, it's okay. And also for viewers, my energy dropped a hundred percent because my medicine is wearing off, and I can feel it. Um, <laughs> He's sick. For the record. Um, <laughs> so my character uh, absolutely loved him. His name was Co Eladar, and this is one of the things I love making characters in D and D, and I love playing as these characters. Um, the two characters that these guys know of uh, is uh, <laughs> Tigley Fiddlefin. Tigley Fiddlefin. Tigley Fiddlefin. And um, you you weren't around for Tigley, but uh, that was such was a memorable fantastic. character. Siegley is yeah. a very memorable character. And then I, I would like to think Coat is as well, but just in the yeah. very opposite type of things. Um, he is a, uh, uh, why am I forgetting? Uh, a Path Storm Herald um, Barbarian. And, yeah, you know, pretty typical Barbarian. I, have, I, I, I go in there, I'm going to deal a lot of damage, and then I'm going to die. That's what happens. Um... <laughs> That's how it goes. You also, but I, I liked yeah, I liked how um he like his character, his personality, and things like that because he was a very like I'm set in my ways. I'm gonna try to do the best I can, and I'm gonna do a lot of flirting while I'm at it. So <laughs> he was also. You should probably mention he was a minotaur. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean he was a six foot minotaur. Um, so pretty large for a minotaur. Um, and he had about two foot horns. So this guy was big. Like he had, he made an impression when he walked in the room. Um, and one thing that I really liked is that he'd do intricate carvings about all of the things he cared about in the stories on his horns. So not only did he look awesome, but he acted like a Riz God. And a lot of things, and which was really <laughs> funny because he had an extremely low uh, charisma stat. So, whatever I, like, stuff that I, happened, it was really good. I enjoyed Coates so much because that that was kind of where I took the story first. Is 
that very first boss, uh, David, David in his story had said, um, I have a loving mom and dad, and they are I mean, very much, like, they're, man, they're very much alive. He was like, okay, no, they're not. He thought it was so funny. He thought it was so funny. I finished writing my story, like literally the session before, and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what would be funny? They're dead. And then, <laughs> you know what would be funny? Because <laughs> that was that was the 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 key thing for me. As I was like, "Holy shit, I can do something with this!" And this character Zelcat walks into this boss room with this massive hammer and completely disproportionate to his size as a person. But something's different about it. He's like almost spinning it in front of his hand. Like he's not actually holding it. Uh, he's using a spell to hold the hammer. And then David looks at me, and uh, I, I looked at him, and I go, it looks very familiar. And you go, and David basically was just like, are you fucking shitting me? Are you fucking shitting me? Are you? <laughs> like, it was a back and forth thing, and I immediately took that from that character and pushed it into the rest of the campaign. Like, how how the portal opened is like, David felt very familiar chills of home and he hasn't been home for three years. And so why is he feeling like the briskness of cold winter air from this portal opening? And why does this hammer look so similar to one that his father well, uh, wielded? And then this kind of just story went boom, 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 boom. And we yeah, kept going. And I really that, love it. That's one thing I had to compliment you for it, Ethan, was that you took that and you ran with it. And you did it in such a way that David was not expecting. It was so, like, <laughs> it was so just well thought out. It was very, it was oh, very that was, like, perfect. That was really good. It was, it, it was, was very perfect. It, it was one of those events that I, you know, I was talking a little bit about it with Asteroid City at the beginning of the podcast, but it was one of those events that I'm not going to forget because it, it it's like when a character, they break the fourth wall. It was that impactful. I was just like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Ethan? <laughs> he literally, he texted, he texted me and was like, that better not be my dad's or something. Or like, I swear to God, if that's my dad's. And I was, I just responded with like a hee hee. And he was like, holy shit. He's um, just like, fuck. And I, I really, like, I'm very proud of what I did with Coat. And I'm proud of where we took that character. And also another thing about a little bit of, about that boss fight, they kill him. They kill him in that fight. Oh, and we weren't supposed and to. And I remember all of them sitting at the table. Well, yeah, no, I, I had originally planned for him to at least, at minimum, get away. But as the fight was going on, I realized how much damage they were doing um, consistently. They were rolling really well, and they were also really happy about it. What? Him. Oh, <laughs> the frog. Um, but Sorry, sorry. They basically... <laughs> were very kind of into it and I was like okay and in the moment I thought to myself I'm like could I realistically kill him and change the story and because of just where you guys were going I was like boom okay you know what? I'm just going to let it happen and um you guys were able to kill him and that like spiraled into a completely different story about like you guys went back to to Coates um hometown you found his dad alive which that was a really cool thing for me, at least. I don't know what you guys thought. Um, 
There's a theme but, of both like walking both, into. There's a theme with that with this one of dads being dead and or missing and then finding out that they're oh, we're good. Bum, bum. We're okay. <laughs> um, oh my god, that's another moment, dude. The the moment in which okay, I'll, I'll finish uh, David's thing real quick before we jump to the other. Uh, and we have like a couple more things. We'll probably then, end the stream for today. Yeah, we might have. We're definitely going to do a part two because there's a lot yeah. to talk about. But um, but so um, David, what do you like? Actually, I'll ask. I won't ask a question. I'm just going to talk because I don't want to. Like, we're going to keep talking, and I know we. I know us. Um, but walking them into the room and the first thing David's character sees is his mom and his mom then has a conversation with him motions to the side and his dad is sat in this huge chair um, looking out on the kind of the the mountains and stuff um, and then another thing like they give him the hammer and he's able to wield it perfectly without like sight and like yeah he's fucking blind now he just yeah, they, he yeah. happens to throw in that fact Oh, sorry, yeah. my bad. I well, yeah. like I made I made it very obvious he had been in a fight. I kind of forgot that. Like his horn is ripped off. Uh, there's a slash through kind of bolt like, like his entire face, and he's blind. Um, but there was like more story to that, more depth of like what's what like let's figure this out. Um, and yeah, no. In in general, it was like I was happy with that. And then we move into the big bad. We move into the kind of conquest to get to the big bad, and yeah, the... this was around the time uh, Ethan and I were kind of getting antsy about like my story and going into it because mm -hmm. that was and and like just other stories in general because we had been talking about uh, David's story and um, Joey's story for a bit then. Like, it had been a couple, like, three or four sessions or whatnot. Like, three sessions, mm -hmm. I think. I think it was three. And then, um, so we were antsy to kind of, like, move things along. The issue is that I still didn't know what I wanted to do with my character. And it was... it was, We had... we and So, there was some development within Joey's story uh, when we went and fought the big bad uh, in that section and it was a very fun fight like we went through the entire like trap area is... why are you guys are you guys waving Dave, David Brown is going to leave real quick and then and then you keep talking oh okay yeah also I'm I'm just going to say for the viewers my fever has hit a point where I am no longer here I am present in this conversation <laughs> And I am sweating so much that I am like swimming <laughs> through the air. Like uh, it dude, is. Get holy shit, a fan dog, on bro! You and go get in bed now. Yeah, water. Get you, some water in you doing? too. Right, bro. We love you, David Brown. We love you. On please, the stream, uh, I drank two of these. So. <laughs> All right. Oh you should God. go. You should okay, go. Bye. Bye, everyone. We'll bye, David. Lung says, "Enter hibernation." Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm. I've, I'll see you guys in a better state next week. So, bye. All right, bye, David. Bye. -bye. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Anyways, what you were saying? Now, then there were three. So anyway, as I was saying, um, there was a lot. There was good development with uh, like Joey's story and his artificer character there because again, that story was very rich and very like, well thought out. And like we ended up when we went to go fight, we 
had we finished off one session of going through the entire trap area and before the big bad and like the big fight and we went through the entire trap area and absolutely cleared all of it with no issues and ethan was like what the fuck all of this work oh yeah on. that was well so that was a positive um the actually the session before they fought the big bad was one of the highlights oh yeah no, that um, was and that was an awesome session and they basically like um i mean as Layton said the the story that i wrote with with joey was like some key moments where like i mean they're going through and they get to a trap where basically the room is on a like um a seesaw i think and that, uh, these like motherfuckers yeah i'm thinking these guys are going to get split up and i'll be able to split them up and take them out one by one not really like take them out but like have them fight little and kind of drain their health a little bit Ugh. These motherfuckers got to a point where they're like, you know what? Screw the DM. And they made it so that the, there was weight on one side. So what happened? They walk into this room. They get kind of confuffled and a couple of them fall down. They then, they then, as I'm thinking, they're going to explore around this area where I had a neat little monster waiting for them. No, they didn't do that. They stayed exactly where they were and decided we're going to throw we're going to go on the one end of the seesaw make it rise we're going to throw a rope over so it goes down into the hole and then have us climb back up and then get through the door and the take amount those, of, like, take the these. entire time I'm thinking I'm like okay you know what I'm going to make these rolls really 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 difficult so that way they can't do it and that way it's my thing I, and then they roll nat 20s on multiple different things and I was like are you actually kidding me right it was, now? It was Which, awesome. Oh, and the a fact twenty that, is a straight twenty. It's the highest roll you can get on. It's, it's the a crit success roll. for those who don't know. Literally, it was that whole trap area. Then moving on to the next area was this like door where it's all a bunch of different handles and they all have different monsters engraved on them. So we we picked the one TikTok that's a idea. We we pick the one that's a that's a flump and we open it and there's a giant flump that we have to fight. We close the door and we're like, okay, do we have to do anything? Can we change it? No, that's the one we have to fight. So every all the other door handles disappeared. So we went in, and literally five five second fight, like two turn fight. I this was a really a, good, a highlight for my character and like the way I had mm. built him, uh, not story wise, but like just because i know how to build a good like powerful character and it worked out well and i i teleported to the other side uh blinked to the other side eldritch blast up on his on the back side of the flump because the flump is um like unaware and he just noticed us totally caught him out unaware flipped him over and what we had Ethan had forgotten was that flumps uh when they turn over they kind of enter a dormant state when they flip on their other side, so I flipped them, mm -hmm. and that was it. There was nothing else. And it was it was such a fucking funny like I was like because that is it's a key thing in the in the flumps like directory is if you if you flip them on their underside they kind of go into this like grayish like I'm what I'm what is happening like they freak out. Um, that was and it was I totally was, unplanned that that was how we were going to clear that too because the yeah, whole thing I didn't that, think they were going to be able to do it. The whole thing was that, like, that was, um, like, a randomized monster thing, and we just happened to pick the one that, you know, had this key, like, weakness that we immediately used. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. It was perfect. It was perfect. 
and going from that room into the final room, which was, or not the final room, this like, it basically, they walk in and uh, a thing that I had been using to kind of tell of this under death thing, or like this uh, escape death thing, is that these tethers would come out of a person who had used this inscription thing, um, which is something they were seeing a throughout the entire campaign. Uh, they're exploring why this is happening. They're exploring what it has to do. But this, like, ethereal tether would come out of it. It was, like, this black, like, nasty thing. Um, and sometimes they could cut it and sever it. And then that whatever it was connected to, that person would just basically be a dead body at that point. Um, or the tether would literally just take that person off into oblivion. Like, they didn't know where it would go, but it would just go off somewhere. Yeah. It, was um, a neat, it was a neat idea for, a, for a, like, a big bad kind of situation yeah cool and they they got into this room and there's tethers going uh, like following into the next room like it's coming from so like if you're walking forward there's two two ways to go on both left and right and then a door in front and those tethers are going through the door from the left and right they walk in and there's just thousands of people um all strung up on these on this wall like hundreds of feet high um wrapped around by these nasty like tether things and i thought that was a really good moment that was another like how uh david said it was um joey walked in and joey sees his father which is another like that was a key thing from his story is joey identified that his dad was dead or so he thought in his campaign or he like died in prison that was oh my god that was such a funny moment because um outside of Outside of D and D, I had been walking through the halls of our dorm, and I literally, I, I'm walking away from Joey. I'm passing his room, and I go, "Hey, oh, Joey, by the way, did you ever mention if your dad, like, if you saw your dad die in prison?" And he goes, "No." And then I was like, "Okay," and then walked away. And he That's was evil. like, "What do you, what do you mean?" That's evil. <laughs> That's like, evil. Thanks. <laughs> and. I like walk away and then the next session that happened was he sees his yeah, dad up on this wall. That's you guys true. get him off, whatever. Um, but and yeah, so we managed to, like save him and it was it was, it was good. Yeah, uh, you know, following and, the line of uh, dads being okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so it came the final like the big bad fight. Uh, they walk into this room and it is, it's a lich. Oh my god. Um and this this lich um has basically been controlling this whole thing from the the entire time he's been controlling this death thing he's been he's been gaining followers that are interested in this uh, like after death thing um and he's looking for a way for some mysterious thing uh which they later find out to get back to Alcor um and i and yeah and, I really... and... That's I where... was really excited for this fight, and I think that's something that a DM and Aiden can probably talk on it as well. Is if you get overexcited, you can end up fucking up the encounter because you're so excited to do something cool that you miss something, or you over, or you like immediately hype to like not explaining something in depth because you're like, oh, oh, look, 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 big bad, and then like, and that's exactly what I did with Lane. Is I. Yeah. There was a, a moment that I think you, if you want to talk about, you can. Well, um, so, again, I had not known where I wanted to go with my character, and Ethan and I were trying to figure that out. And um, 
for a little context, I was a celestial or uh, an Acemere paladin, which is like a celestial descendant um, paladin who was like part of this order of knights. Who I, I was found as an orphan child by this or like one of the leaders of this orphan like order of knights and trained and raised up and whatnot. And I mean, while that was an interesting story, there wasn't really much to do. There was stuff to go off of that, like who are my real parents, blah blah blah. But you know. Dealing with stuff that's all celestial related is kind of um, hard if you haven't like messed around with that kind of stuff before, especially when yeah. it's like earlier in a campaign and like all that kind of stuff is really like you know powerful big stuff, uh, like later level things. Um, so it was kind of difficult, and the way we went about it um, flopped because it ended up being that one, it kind of looked like. The encounter looked like it was going towards a total party wipe, which that's another thing is we need to talk about that more in the next episode. And the part two of this is um, player death and the death of like player yeah. characters and how like dealing with that is something that you do need to do. While, yes, it's a fantasy game. Yes. Who gives a crap in the end? But like actually dealing with that, like character death is um, a hard thing to manage if you've never done with, dealt with it before. So it looked like the entire party was going to die. It was going to be a TKO, like to, total party wipe. And everybody was going to die because this lich was ultra powerful and there was nothing we could do. And um, that was kind of like a thing of us being, you know, just You were level not... two. <laughs> yeah, we were level two. Um, the lich was a lich. Actually, if you guys were level three. I mean, you were level three. Well, still, it's a level level three. Like I know. I had wanted I had wanted these guys to. um, I wanted you guys to leave. I wanted you guys to get out. I wanted you to be like, oh shit, this is much more than it should be. Let's get the hell out. And all of them were like, we're gonna kill him like we did that first one. Watch us. Yeah, watch us. us. That was us as players, just kind of goofing up like just not doing it correctly we like yeah. i don't know why none of us got in their heads to leave rather than try to kill the guy because we are way underpowered to do anything about that it didn't it didn't uh note for dms um if you give your player an enemy they're going to want to kill it unless they're super experienced <laughs> D players who will know to leave uh yeah, yeah that's something yeah. that was a learning experience as character as players for us was like no like knowing now like to leave in some encounters rather than just kind of go for the kill um but the way we did it it just the way we did my character and the way we like got out of that situation kind of flopped and because that flopped um there were like some things that i know that you missed ethan that you could have gone with um and my and the party afterwards basically ethan played it as i got killed uh, the lich because they have a power word kill spell which they can only use they only have one slot for but they can say kill or die or something like that and it's a it's a choice word it's whatever they want yeah it's whatever um, they want but they can have a creature die and like a player die so what he had was he had me die and then he had me like go to the celestial plane and then get revived as somebody like more powerful for a little bit and it was it was like a deus ex machina um like situation and it it flops we had, because yeah i i should have known 
what like the type of people you guys are as well in the sense of like i how we had set it up was Leighton had this ring um his character had a ring that he didn't know where he got it from but his people had kind of talked about this ring as this artifact that they passed on in between these like beholders and they are he's from a order that like just kind of protects this artifact right and they get to this area yeah and we get we get to this area and i'm like okay if they're gonna keep fucking fighting it i might as well just like try something because we had already talked about this kind of thing where maybe Leighton gets a slight upper hand um and is like able to show off a little bit of his story but he's it's not gonna go crazy but it's up to the dice roll so it's like if he gets like a a three he gets like maybe in like imbued like light eyes but nothing else he just looks cool um or if he rolls like a 10 he has a blade of light that comes up but basically what is happening is this like celestial body is taking hold of him this like either father figure um a mentor whatever is is in his character being him for a short period of time right it's possessing and i on this roll roll it down and it's a nat 20 and i should have i should have as a dm been like oh shit oh god uh we're not doing that let's fudge that roll just a little bit yeah um, and that's the whole thing is that's a whole nother conversation is fudging fudging yeah. roles as dms to make the game more fun right. that's something my, and, my uncle does all the time but that's a more fun topic. or more manageable manageable yeah. fun i i think and i think as i because we had been talking about this for so long we had been hyped up. I had been hyped up about this boss for so like I, I literally, I, Aiden wasn't gonna become. I found out Aiden wasn't gonna be able to come to this session, and I literally had to blurt out everything to him. I was like, okay, and then this happens, and then they get here, and then and then this happened. I was like, so fucking like I, I had been holding on to it for weeks because literally all of my direct friends are part of this mysterious campaign that I cannot talk about secrets except for like Trith, but Trith was like across campus every single fucking day. So I couldn't Not talk anymore. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but so I roll a twenty, and on the kind of hyped up like energy, I go, mm, "Yes, Layton is now God." And Layton basically, he's like these light wings, um, light eyes, a light sword, and he just goes fucking ham. Like, like and an going off, right? And right, it was and just... I, I honestly. At that point, I was like, okay, this is actually kind of cool because if he kills at least the... Because this this body of the Lich wasn't, like, a actual Lich. I had homebrewed it to be... This was his, like, decaying body that he was getting ready to swap for. So the body was actually kind of lower on hit points, but obviously none of the players know that. They know that this scary dude is about to fucking murder all of them. And they're like, uh-oh, no thank you. And so I I have him kill him. And then I think did I did I end it there, or did it, I? It was it was um you had uh us you had me kill him and then everything was on fire so we had to get the hell out and stuff started happening so yeah uh you kind of you ended it right after so it was it was very it was a very quick like I became ultra powerful for a moment which one that leaves a negative impact on all the other people who are playing because it's like they don't feel as powerful yeah they feel like yeah. it's going to be held over and yeah I, it's just i don't know it, it that wasn't your fault 
entirely like it was it was just like what happened and it was hard to manage that one but that piece flopped and uh it ran hard for a, yeah. a bit there like and, the next and i we needed the next the next sessions absolutely fucking saved it because i don't know if you guys remember that one which i think this is maybe we should stop here or we shouldn't talk about it but this is this was the introduction to um introduction to james genuinely playing um and this was the session where we got the tavern bar like area with the statues right and that was funny as hell i don't do you guys want to talk about it or do you want to save it for next episode Uh, we can save it for next episode but i just wanted to talk about the one joke that made us laugh for 30 minutes straight or was it I can't remember if it was like ten or thirty minutes. Was, but it, was, was it the statue's one? Was no, it, it was one? it was Tum Tum, son of Mum Mum. You that was s- amazing. We laughed for so long. Well, now I I want to talk about it. Joke. No, no, no. Well, we can we can go into that next session or next uh, next conversation. But I I do want to finish up with um like our thoughts on like how that works as like characters or DMs like as a character as a DM you're managing all that you're managing one how the player like you're managing how the encounter is going right and you're trying to fix it and um we brought up points of like how we could have done it differently afterwards obviously because we wanted to review because it flopped uh not just me but like everybody because we were all in on the conversation there um yeah uh and all of us agreed that it was like eh, that was kind of weird it was like didn't it didn't feel satisfying right I had like, I don't know, it, it really bugs me. And I think it, cause that's a, that's a big thing about DMing is you are, you are at a point where you're thinking the entire time. Oh my God, do they not like it? Oh my God, do they like it? Oh my God, what do they think about this? What do they think about this? And that was something I was so fearful of is like, you guys wouldn't like, wouldn't like this part or you wouldn't like this part and et cetera, et cetera. And when it came to this moment, I was really like mad at myself because I had made it so that everybody was just kind of like, oh, uh, uh. but my thing was like, okay, I'm going to go to everybody and be like, okay, what do you think I can fix? What do you think next session uh, you'd want out of this? And there was like some thoughts about like redoing it, like completely redoing the boss fight, seeing how that changed things. Um, But the general consensus was, no, we should just leave it how it is. It just... It was a weird moment, but we can get past it. We can move past it and go into yeah. the next thing. And we did. The next session was amazing. It, now well, that the I'm next session was it. probably one of our, like, my, one of my favorite ones just because of how much we laughed that day. It was awesome. Like, that but, was, like, it was great. That kind of thing, that kind of flop, I just want to finish up on is um, it's difficult. It That destroyed a lot of my hope to uh or not a lot of my hope but a lot of the like idea i was trying to go with my character that that really that like flop really because i was already iffy about how i wanted to play my character in the first place i was already like like eh, is this one i want to do how do i how do i act him how do i play him out and because that happened i felt that's not your fault this is something like as a player is when something like that happens you can't let it you can't let it affect each again you have to move past it It, like flops happen 
You have I, to move that's what I really appreciated, though, is that literally the next session we had like that. You every single session. This is something that if you guys are looking at playing D and D, if 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 the flop happens, you need to just as a consensus as a group at the table be like, okay, okay we're gonna try next session. We're gonna go into next session. We're gonna forget whatever or not forget, but like we're gonna hold on to that and we're gonna keep going. And next session, you get like that first five, ten minutes where everybody's kind of just getting back into the groove of role playing their characters yeah. and like getting back into the story. And then, boom, we have people like I had you guys grabbing onto different things, grabbing onto different characters. The big fucking moment of that session, which we all like laughed so hard about the whole um, statue then, stuff. Oh my god, yeah, that was and it was it was just put into such a great like vibe. And like I remember that session. Because we had, I think we had like a two or three week break, didn't we? Between that session and the, it was, it was like a it long was, thing. It was really difficult because we had a flop and then we had to be like not play doing D&D for like two weeks. Yeah. And so I it was, was like, horrible. But it gave me time though to be like, okay, so what were the things that led up to this moment and why did they flop? And yeah. right going into that next one was I, I worked at like fishing in every single character i fished in aiden even though he wasn't even there last session i made sure that he was a part of that situation i wanted to make sure that tum tum was a part i wanted to make sure like literally every single person had a role in that entire moment and i was very very happy with how everybody kind of walked away from that table and was just yeah. like that was a fantastic session i'm very yeah. like happy with that. that That that's so. a big thing that's a big thing as a player as a dm as I mean, it's just life advice generally. Failing, you learn stuff. Period. Yeah. I mean, that's true in all walks of life. In this, in D and D, it's no different. You fail, you're going to learn what went wrong, how to change that, and how to move forward. How like to do it differently next time. I know. I I, I fell into my character more the session after because. Previous, I was like, I didn't know what to do, and then I felt really distraught because of that, the way that flop went, and then the introduction of James, the whole statue debacle, felt good, and I finally felt like how I wanted to go with stuff, and yeah. it, was, it was helpful. And just so the viewers are antsy waiting for the statue conversation, we'll keep you guys in the in the dark a little bit longer. Yeah, you have to come um, back. You have to come yeah, back. You'll have to come back next. But so. Uh, next next week, you guys will probably look at... We'll just finish up this section. I'm not going to go into kind of the recent Alcor stuff. I This session, we talked about our characters, and kind of this episode was... The purpose of it was to show certain aspects of homebrewing, and if you guys are trying to get into homebrewing, what those things are. And I think, for me, what I wanted to kind of put into this episode was that you're always going to learn as a DM and you should never, ever, ever be afraid of just starting. Just get, once you start, you're going to start learning either way, whether or not you have no knowledge of something, right? Yeah. Um, and then it, kind of keying into, sorry, Liam, I, real quick, just keying no, no, into no, like you, characters. Yeah, go ahead, go what, ahead. Oh, God. We're like back in the year, like a little bit delayed. So every single time I start back up again, you say something <laughs> so bad. Um, but like, and going from that and then going into like characters and what characters mean and making sure that your experience as um, 
talking to your friends and getting really in depth with these characters and making sure that from what I've what I've tried to say is just like sometimes you can not focus on certain characters and sometimes you can heavily focus on others and it can take away from those people who are really trying to kind of add their story. It doesn't always mean that they're not going to be there, but it it, it just got to be something you're thinking about. Um, yeah. Layton, Layton uh, to end, yeah. To end, um, as far as like a player is concerned, one, if you want to jump into D&D and you have somebody who's willing to DM for you and you've never done it before, one, just make a character. Make something that interests you. You'll figure out quickly whether or not you like the like to play that way and you'll be able to adjust it like you can you'll you'll change maybe you'll like end up having to talk with your dm and say hey i want to make a different character i want to try doing this instead that's fine talking to people talking to your dm and talking to your uh, friends who are playing with you that's that's the key to this whole thing is talking to people um like for example i hate the ranger class i can't play it because i don't want to be in the back i want to be in the fight and I learned that um, after making a character and trying to play the ranger class first, and then I was like, I know now that I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to be there. So just, just go at it. That's all it is. It's like go, go for it. Yeah. Um, as far as my player experience has been. I know, like, yeah, and I think going from player experience to kind of a mix, Aiden, what do you think? Um, just finishing thoughts of yeah, today's no, episode. Layton did kind of hit the nail on the head. It's it's don't be afraid to um, lean into things. Like don't get don't get shy when role playing because that's kind of what you're there for. Um, yeah. And if you're not happy with how your character is being played, talk to your DM, talk to your fellow players. Either switch it up with a new character or try and. Uh, like have your character change personality wise just a little bit like flow into something new uh, make a new like little arc in their personality it's yeah. it's it, there's there's a million and one ways to get to where you want to be and it all starts with you and you need to just talk kind of go get that yeah just go for it like it's literally what i did with my character and ethan uh, i went to him and i said hey I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I I don't know how I want to play this guy. I, I, I don't know. I, I felt off about it. And I talked to him about it. Because I talked to him, we tried something. It flopped. And then it came back next session. The session yeah. after, I, when I got into it, I was like, okay, I know how I want to play this guy now. And um, it's, it, it depends on who you are as a person, right? Like, your yeah. personality is heavily going to affect how you want to play and how you want to, um, like, go at somebody. I, uh, in one of my previous campaigns, to finish up as far as, like, a player experience is concerned, my the best character I've ever made is not a character I had ever thought I was going to do very well. I was not super heavily invested into him emotionally, but um, for backstory, he was a, he's a pirate fighter. And he's like a dual, he's like a dual wielder slash duelist. So duelist being rapier, like saber fighting and du dual wielding, like gun and sword. Cause he's a pirate. And, mm -hmm. um, I was not expecting to, I, he, I was not expecting for him to be my best character ever so far. Um, and I've made like six or seven, 
I fell into him. I because I, uh, I had him lawful evil because he was a pirate. You know, he's an evil person, but he follows a set of moral codes. I ended up being like this jovial, goofy guy, like really fun, like trying to riz people up because he's a pirate. Uh, really only thinking about the money, like acting out the pirate and um mm-hmm. when it came down to it like he's like this goofy like talkative charismatic guy but when it came down to like fighting scenes he would switch he would his he would switch it uh he would flip and he would go from the goofy funny guy to being deadpan serious thinking only about how to move forward like very like direct like um we had this encounter where there's these bandits and we defeated them and we tied them up and we're like, Hey, we want to know where your base is, blah, 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 blah. And the bandit leader, there's like the little minions and the bandit leaders like, we'll never tell you blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know what it was that compelled me to like play the character, play my guy, the way he, I played him. His name was Sebastian Avesarai. I don't know what compelled me to play him the way I did, but deadpan went up to the chief, just dead. No, like, no inhibition. Yeah. I'd never thought to play a character like that because that's not the kind of person I am in the first place. I like to play the lawful good. I like to play the neutral good character, the paladin, right? So I wasn't expecting to play this lawful evil character and have so much fun with it because he, he went up to the guy, intimidated all the other minions and had them tell him, like them, the party, where everything was because you just went up to the leader that you captured and said, nope. Dead. That was it. I wasn't expecting that. So really, like putting yourself out there, just trying something new. Um, right. It really helps. I. I think. It's oh, it's yeah. I. I think we'll talk more on Ethereus later. Um, Ethereus was next episode. For context, Ethereus was my paladin character for Eatsgiving. Yes. Yeah. Um and. I think there there were just from what I've I've already started crafting Alcor Part Two. Um, I'm really excited from what we're gonna be doing with that. Um, and something like the things I've learned are like I've now made three like key points, and those key points build off these points, and those key point and those build off points build off these points, and then finishing off like kind of the story aspect. I've now it's like it's almost like a it's like a connect four puzzle while trying to fit different colored pegs and just filling up that square like you have like all of the blue and you have all of the red and then like Aiden is purple and uh Leighton is green and you're just trying to wedge them somehow so that they fit like and obviously you can't get past certain things but then they kind of they sit where they need to sit and they're woven together really nice uh, and it's figuring out how to do that. I'm going to be completely honest. Hearing you say I've already started working on Alcor Part 2 is like hearing that they're making an Incredibles 2 for the first time. <laughs> I was like, hey, yo. That was yeah, awesome. No, I, I, it's just, yeah, it's, it's the reason I wrote down this topic uh, a couple weeks ago is I've been, I've been slowly writing down the stuff I need. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm excited to kind of, we'll we'll talk more next, next episode. Uh, I think we're hitting two hours. 
You're uh, cheating me. Hi, guys. Um, uh, bye, everyone. Uh, so, no, no, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. next episode, next episode, you guys will see the finishing up of just our outdoor campaign a little bit more from just direct things from Homebrew. And then we will probably, I'll let uh, Aiden, Layton, and David kind of take it away because I've really had no other Homebrew experience except for Alcor and my yeah. other campaign. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, and I'll let them kind of take away that episode. Right. We'll and Bill. And then talk about our experience like our other experiences and stuff yeah like, like, so, like i'll go into please, like how i got into stuff please join that episode or listen to it uh as well as you can find us anywhere you stream podcasts at the four light podcast um and as always um we are oh, going to oh, be on all socials at the four light podcast one, what's one, up one, one, one are you trying thing. to find something no, no, no yeah yeah if you, know, you look like you're looking for something see i know that you your garage is a little bit. Okay. I know you got to clean it. That's your true. mom's telling That's you to true. do it, or you know, you're by yourself. You got to go in there, and you know it sucks to do. But if you're in there, and I know you're just, you know, you're searching around, you're sweeping everything up. Oh, oh, what, what's this on the floor? Prime sub. Oh my goodness. So hey, I know. Uh, Moist critical doesn't need another prime sub. He doesn't need one. You can just like, <laughs> hey, if you find one, like just. Aiden's Aiden's, <laughs> Aiden is in the darkness. He's in the depths of despair. Hey, hey, it's the second of the month. If your prime sub comes out of the woodwork, like Aiden's face coming right now, I don't know. Hey, you can just leave one. Drop, leave us, one a, for us. drop us a prime sub. Drop us a prime sub. Oh, uh, that's it's, also it's that's another thing Amazon we're working Prime. on. Um, we are college students, but we're also like really new to this. So a lot of our extra stuff, like our thumbnails and our social media content and our like different kind of like our badges on Twitch, which is stuff we need. Like there's so many things that we are trying to work on that we want to make sure, holy shit, he's got fire. Um, we want to make sure that you guys are also aware that we're working on that in that it's coming soon. So if you guys are prime subbing, um, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, there is not any special emotes, but in the future, we are looking to get more uh, added things, maybe bonus content or something like that as we we work on the podcast. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Is that it for everyone? We good? Yeah. Aiden's in the, the fucking, in some scary, like, creepy pasta right now. But that's the sad thing. Um, all right. You're amazing, Thank man. you guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, as always, Trith. I've already Trith. said this, but Th thanks, Trith. Thanks, Trith. You little shitter. Anyways, thank you guys so much for watching. We'll catch you. We'll catch you next time. Bye bye. Aiden, bye, say bye. Aiden, say bye. You little shitter. Bye. Bye. Hopefully, David feels better. Bye.